From my perspective, most people in our society see the process of relationship forming as I get along with this person, and therefore we are connected, friends, or in a relationship. Very few go into contemplation about what really happens on an energetic and beyond level when bonds are formed. My curiosity is almost always piqued when general experiences can be magnified to reveal more subtle details about the energetic intricacies of our interactions. I feel it allows me to reflect on my behavioral patterns on more of a micro level and widening the perspective from which I can observe myself and others from, which also helps with staying less in judgment and more in acceptance. This episode is about all of this as Alexander reveals the foundation principles of relating, which deal with attraction, love, respect, and trust. Now, if you have been listening for a while, you are probably about to hear what I try to mention in every show, which is also very vital and important for our new listeners to hear, and that is support. If there is ever a time to express gratitude to the podcast, shows, or artists out there that you love, now may be one. With many platforms practicing censorship, it is more important than ever to give back to the places you receive value from with an energetic value-for-value value exchange. This shouldn't be seen as a donation as both parties are directly benefiting. And so now, here are some ways that you can most optimally support us. Sharing the podcast with a friend, family, on social media, through word of mouth, any way that you help to spread the word that this thing exists, that there are other perspectives out there different from the one that we are taught and that we can use it to benefit our lives, the people around us, our communication, our relationships. That is one way to support us. Now, you can also write a testimonial on iTunes. That's probably the most important place that uh, affects us the most. Now, another way to offer an energetic exchange is if you have a skill that we may need. Things like transcribing, writing, audio editing. We're not 100% sure what we need, but if you have a skill and you are motivated to help us, we want to hear from you. And you can email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at wise-wise.com. And finally, we have the monetary way to energetically support us. We have a Patreon account set up that is at wise-wise.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We do have a few different tiers that offer a few different perks as a thank you for your monetary support. But if you feel that you want to offer an amount that is outside of those tiers, please feel free to do so. And if you still want to give outside of Patreon, feel free to contact me at my email address previously stated. For those of you listening to this podcast and finding value and putting the time and effort in to doing the internal work, thank you so much. We are in total appreciation of your energy and in any way that you decide to do an energetic value-for-value value exchange. Now, I would love if you all would just lay back, open your minds, and relax as this energetic podcast of sorts fills your heads with new perspectives that you can then take to the real world and elevate your life. So now, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility welcome to another episode of the wise wise podcast I am Aaron Keith and I'm Alexander 
And today on this beautiful, beautiful day in North Carolina, where it's finally warm here, uh, we are recording. And Alexander and I were having a conversation where trust came up and... Sometimes we talk it out, but sometimes we're like, "Oh no, no, let's just let's just start recording and see where it goes." Record, see where it goes. And so we are going to be talking about trust, among other things that we are going to be calling the foundation principles of relating, and that includes attraction, love, respect, and of course, trust. So let's dive deep into it. Yeah. So welcome everyone, and this is a very interesting episode um, we're excited about. Because like Aaron was saying, we we decided to hit record before we discussed this in any detail. And this is how the majority of our sessions are uh, given. And this is what keeps us on our toes and interested in sharing. So I want everyone to just consider this concept. And I'm going to give you four different views as we discuss uh, these topics. The point of view that attraction happens, love is developed, respect is given, and trust is earned. And as uh, Aaron mentioned, we just started talking about trust or a view that he was having or having a shift in. And so I guess I'll bring you in now to just kind of um, begin where we stopped in our personal conversation. Sure. And just a a few things. Um, This is not just for a romantic type of relationship. Yeah, it's very important. It's really about relating, uh, how we relate to our environment and others. And uh, you are right. Most of our sessions are not pre-planned. Sometimes we have conversations about the topic in which uh, we then expand upon. And so I will recall some of the things we've talked about during an episode. But many people don't know that we actually just really have a conversation on these, on these yes. episodes. Because when we, when we developed this, that's, that was our view. We just wanted an ongoing conversation. And I think at some point we kind of dropped that as part of our tagline, but that's really what this has been is over three years of an ongoing conversation between you and I. So no scripts, everybody. No scripts. So, and uh, it's much faster that way. We definitely get to the point without a lot of editing. And so it's more authentic for you guys out there. So where we were with trust, I was trying to understand trust a little better from the just philosophy or an energetic point of view, where when you are starting to relate to somebody, whether it is a romantic relationship or uh, uh, somebody you befriended recently, and you're starting to grow that relationship, my question was, Alexander, is it necessary to give some trust up front and what does it look like if you don't do that? Like, like, is there a difference between when you first meet somebody and there, there's no past, so you don't necessarily not trust them, but you don't necessarily trust them. So it's like a neutral ground versus not trusting somebody. Well, this trust has been one of my biggest lessons in life through um, over the last 13 years. And I'm going to give a possibly a very different view than most people are expecting in this. Um, And that is to connect the subject of trust to the first pillar in this work is find the divine order in the chaos. Or the way that I like to say it is just that everything's in divine order, whether we understand it or not. It's very similar to a two-year-old playing and maybe coming across a knife and the parent protecting that child by taking the knife away, but the child thinks that the parent is being mean and taking something fun away. This is how we kind of relate to the world and to that higher energy or we have an opportunity to relate to this higher energy, whether you want to call it God or the divine, whatever, Allah, whatever you want to call that energy, that our relating in our life, we build who we trust or how we trust many times around how we get what we want. So when I went through a very hard lesson of someone I trusted very, very deeply uh, in my view at the time, betraying me and lying to my face, it forced me to look at trust in a much different light. 
and through meditation and divine guidance, what was given to me is the potential that if you trust your life and you trust the divine, then there's very little need to put trust in individuals. And if you don't put trust in individuals, then you don't carry expectations. Then disappointment can never show up at your door if expectations don't uh, exist. So the view of trust is really getting down to a spiritual or faith connection. Because faith is when you don't have the understanding or all the knowledge, it's a, it's a, it's a trust is what faith is. It's a trust in life. Trust in that divine energy. But we also have to let go of our preferences. And many of you have heard me talk about over and over to live life outside of preferences, to practice non-preference. And that doesn't mean that we don't have ever have preferences. It means that when life brings us a situation to where we need to see clearly, we can be it can be very useful to have the skill set to be able to step outside of preferences to see it clearly because if you carry preferences you're not seeing any situation clearly that you carry a preference in that's coming through a filter so bringing that back around to now if you do hold faith and trust in that divine energy then nobody can do you so-called wrong but this person may offend you they may let you down, but what if it's compared to the parent taking the knife or sharp blade away from the child and the child doesn't understand what's happening, so they think the parent is being mean. And many times when we don't get what we want in this life or when somebody treats us poorly, we question our faith. We experience those negative emotions. So, in learning to work with trust in that way, it can bring on a whole different experience. And I want to bring you in now to see how you're resonating with that, Aaron. But uh, this is why I wanted to hit record because uh, I didn't even want to get going down this avenue so it could be spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely resonate with that. Obviously, I don't think I would have before I met you, before I got into this work. But the pillars... And uh, the foundation, the structure of the philosophy has really brought a new perspective into me that where it all just makes sense. It all ties into each other. And so if you can resonate with the pillars, then you'll resonate with everything else in this work. And it's really a guidebook for a lifestyle. And, you know, whereas like a lot of the other uh things I got into before before this um, were just like pieces and it it just gave me more questions and then the questions couldn't really be answered. And But this is kind of like an all-encompassing philosophy whereas uh, like we've talked about, if you know the five pillars and you, and you resonate with them, then you'll be able to derive any answer to the question that you have through them. Right. Or, or find a place of, uh, like we talked about uh, on the previous episode, um, finding a, a play a way to raise your vibration back up yes by changing your perspective yes so so yeah I, re- I resonate with them but I, I would also bring in the pillar everyone is your teacher yes so as you trust the divine every, uh, and what you need will be provided to you sometimes that's not always abundance sometimes right. that is lessons and so if you see people, like, like we've talked about playing roles. Mm-hmm. And so we can bring all that in if you want to expand upon that. It's all connected. And yes, when you, when you work with trust in this way and you're able to um, maybe listen to and connect with our episode on roles and how we have the opportunity for every person or every situation in our life to teach us something, if that's the perspective we want to live by. And see, when you're looking to learn from life, you're not busy judging it. You can't judge and learn simultaneously. Some people struggle with how to stop judging. And if you seek the, the lesson that is in it, then that will take you away from judging. And you're, you're able to see that person as playing a role to teach you something that you're, you've been carrying. So I happen to like to expand on that to say that any emotional reaction that you have in the present moment very rarely has very much to do with that present moment, actually. 
It's an accumulation of similar events all through your life that this activation is triggering. And so if we take that view, then the majority of our experiences is somebody coming up to help reveal something that is ready to release. And if we don't project blame and we don't take on guilt, we can learn emotional processing and work through the release of this. And this is what a big part of this philosophy is all about, is the emotional release so that we can stay more centered and connected to that divine energy. So it's one thing to reach to uh, have an enlightened experience, but it's a whole other thing to learn to hold that vibration. And yes, that's what our last episode, I believe, was on, was how to hold the vibration once you get it. But many people are, are always chasing an experience that they've had and trying to uh, replicate it or duplicate it rather than seeing that it's kind of like a fish in water looking for water and it's surrounded and it feels thirsty, but it's completely surrounded by water. And that's really kind of like how consciousness is. The more that we try to seek it, the further it can get away from us. But when we just work on the things that keep us from it, that's what can really change lives. And so, so that first step to, to learn to utilize trust in a way that no one can really do you wrong if you are looking at life as we're all connected and we're all playing roles in each other's lives. And as many great teachers have suggested, not to take things personally. So this is a, an actual way to apply this perception that will kind of in domino effect, have a domino effect to, to take care of many, many things. And so, you know, all of those are important because many people, you know, have gotten um, connected to whether they think they've experienced love at first sight. And I want to suggest that maybe that's attraction. And there's many different levels of attraction. We, we consistently talk about the five levels, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual. And someone can be attractive to you on any or all of those levels simultaneously. So many times when two people meet, they will feel this connection, but they may want to consider that it's not love, that it could be attraction. It could be an energetic. We can show you through the human design system how you're affecting someone else and how you're activating certain areas and certain chakras. And so that's why uh, pay attention to those connections and they are beautiful, but you can be very disappointed by being disillusioned that it's love. And that doesn't mean that for some people they don't have that attraction and then wind up staying together for long periods of time and falling in love. And they can say, no, we fell in love at first sight. But does love really happen? I know attraction does. But I happen to feel that love is developed over time. Even the point of a mother carrying a a child to term, that is a relationship over time that is developed and yes, they can, they can feel that energy as soon as they find out that they're pregnant, but that develops over time. Touching on that respect, we should always give anyone around us respect. That doesn't mean that we have to agree with what they are saying or doing, but a society that acts out of respect can grow leaps and bounds. That's when we can look at each other's differences. It's when respect doesn't show up where things get very ugly and very unfair. And so for us to practice giving respect, and many people get respect and trust, I think, a little mixed up, but they are two very, very separate things. So I just wanted to to touch just a little bit on those and see uh, which one you may want to expand on. Yeah, I think we uh, we definitely should go through each one, and I know we are kind of doing it a little backwards because we're doing um, the trust, which is listed uh, as as the last item um, but we're doing it first because it's it's what kind of spontaneously uh, came through for us this morning when we started this conversation. I wanted to add before we leave trust, and we probably will come back. It'll be intermixed, but you know, I just had an experience in a retail situation to where I used that tool to where I felt like someone had very much overcharged me. And instead of confronting them in any kind of aggressive way, I decided to look at it through this trust that this is happening to me for a reason. 
And my goal is always not to react, but to respond to the situation. And so the way that I responded to this technician is I said, well, I trust that you're treating me fairly because that's all we really have. And when I left, I did feel that I had been gouged a little bit, but I took that moment to not go into judgment and to accept that I don't know what's going on in their life. If I did need to give him an extra $100, I trust that it will come to me. The key word, I trust that that will come back to me somewhere down the line. And so, see, it didn't change my vibration to stay at a high-loving so-called vibration. Then as events went over the next couple of weeks, I had to return to this gentleman, and he's had to do more work for me since then. Today, I just talked to him and I asked him how much I owed him for the additional work. And he said, it's on me. You don't owe me anything else. And so see, in that situation, whether he saw that for himself or it was through the universal plan, that became a wash. And because I didn't view my so-called loss as a loss, I trusted then that seemed to come back around very quickly. Sometimes it's not that quickly. And there is another part to it that I'm not going to go into, but it it reveals even deeper aspects of this. But I did want to touch on that because trust was part of that transaction. And I want people to understand that this is a form of standing in your power. Passivity is not always seen as weakness. When you have a pure intention and you understand what you're doing energetically, What physically looks to somebody as passiveness is really action in process. So you can never judge a book by its cover necessarily and be 100% correct. This is the beauty of the energetic world. Yeah, this ties into what I wanted to bring up before we left trust, which was uh, many people will judge based on whether they can trust somebody on whether they do what they say they're going to do or uh, exemplify what they talk about or what they say they're about. So in this aspect, in your uh, experience, many people would have maybe had a confrontation with that guy once they found out what the price was and right. maybe argued, um, which, I, which I assume may, may be what happens uh, a good amount of time because maybe people don't value that service as much as it's it, the, the price is. Right, or they, you know, they decide not to do business with that person anymore. Exactly. And they yep. then their unit still doesn't work. So they have to go and, guess what, pay another technician a diagnostics fee. So it's going to cost more to go to another place. And sometimes it is right to leave. I'm not suggesting that every time you come into confrontation to stand in the storm. But we always talk about being a tree, being able to stay rooted but flexible. And in this situation, that's what felt natural and that I was called to do. And fortunately, uh, now my turntable is fixed. It's coming to uh, a beautiful closure in a small amount of time. But I've had things that last years sometimes before a so-called payment comes back. So I just want everyone to really look at when something doesn't go your way, how much you're able to let it go, how soon you're able to let it go to allow the energy to come back to you or Do you just hold on to that so-called negative energy? And if there is anything to the law of attraction, and there is, we we view it very differently um, in this work, but we're attracting both what we need and what we want, and and we're attracting like vibrations as well. So, So that's why we need to remember to learn from children because the one thing they knew how to do was let things go. When they got upset, they're normally back playing two five-year-olds within just a few minutes. And I think that's very important to to point out. Okay, and there's one other aspect that I want to bring back that Aaron mentioned, and that is people many times that don't follow through with their promise, they really mean it when they make that promise verbally. And so a practice that I initiated and I suggest to many people that I work with is trust that in that moment that is their truth and that with all their intentions is what they plan on doing. But once they get out of your sight, there are so many variables that happens. We as humans are 
infiltrated with influence, whether it be through smells or through sound or through our food or through our friends or people that we work with, their opinions. So see, once that that initial interaction stops, there's a flood of influence that comes on that person. And the longer that something has to go for them to follow through with their words, the less likelihood many times that it will happen. And so it is a practice of service to release people from the pressures of those. Do your best to not put yourself in situations where you really have to depend on others to truly come through. Because if you've got some karmic lessons or some lessons to learn, they may have to play that role and they may be an extremely supportive and dependable person. And in the cards, the destiny card system that we utilize, when people order a yearly report, it shows you that there's certain periods of time to where these things can be more likely to happen. And so it gives a forecast how to look out for this. So, so this is bringing this back around more of even more full circle that the trust is that we need to see the earnestness in the person but we have no idea what their life is going to bring them to deal with to not be able to follow through with that. So the more that we can work our lives towards not having to rely on people to come through is a whole different mindset, and it's one that brings a lot of peace. That doesn't mean that we can't get people to help us out, but it takes like a different kind of planning. It's Sometimes you just add like a a backup plan. So if this person can't do it, then I have this person. And some people like to have two or three, uh, say, backup plans. That takes the pressure off and the judgment off. So, So there are many ways to work with this, but I think that's important to release people of that responsibility when they get out of your eyesight and realize that they truly meant it in that moment. And then trust life. And to look within ourselves and know that we've all done that. We've all promised something or said we were going to be there and then something has come up and, you know, maybe part of why we may get upset when somebody else does it is because maybe internally we hate when we do that. So there could be some self-judgment there. But it sounds like what you're saying is turn trusting from what you trust from a person to a more... Uh, divine or spiritual spiritual realm, and so if we bring in like the five levels, would you say that that we're also shifting it from the physical to the spiritual? Yes, because that's what you know. Most people they respond and react to the physical so much more than you know the mental, emotional, energetic, or spiritual. And the mental is directly connected, uh, and emotional directly connected to that physical, and that's normally where. Most of our culture is stuck bouncing between, you know, those three. And to reach this level of trust in your life, and many faiths talk about it. You know, faith is talked about in all types of religions and spiritual paths. And it is believing in something, you know, not even believing, but uh, but knowing something exists at a higher vibration than you. And and to me, that's where I brought in that anything that we want to know about consciousness or enlightenment or growth is really exemplified through the raising of children and helping people to understand that, yes, we can't understand the complexity of the intelligence of this higher vibration. It is similar, in my humble opinion, to comparing like a two-year-old to a grown, optimally functioning adult. And that no matter how much... The adult tries to talk to that two-year-old. They can't understand the language. But, see, the key is that if the adult realizes that the two-year-old child is an energetic being, then they can feed that child through energy, through paying attention to how their energy is, how their emotional reactions are. And this child can absorb an exuberant amount of information outside of the physical so this is the importance and why we you know, spend a lot of time on the mental, emotional, and energetic in this podcast, but we also touch on the spiritual and, of course, the physical as well. And, and all the things we're talking about within this philosophy, I know that when I made my transition from my old way of living to, to this, it, it really comes down to a choice. And so I know people out there may resonate with some of these things, but may, you know, 
go back to their old way. And and so if it makes sense, you kind of just need to stick your foot in and, and maybe try it out. Make, make a choice to try out one of these and see how it works and yes. then slowly make it. And another thing to to help you to know pretty quickly whether you're going to resonate with this particular work is if you're willing to take complete responsibility of your emotions. If you're able to realize and understand that we have a choice in our emotions. And I was just working with a client on this and we were working with rage and see managing your environment is one of the biggest parts of managing your emotions. And Anyone that gets poked enough will finally react. Just like any dog, it could be the most loving dog, but if it's backed in the corner and it doesn't have a way out, it will bite you many, many times. So standing in your power in this work's view is that accepting full responsibility for our emotions. And that means that we're taking power out of other people's hands in a gradual manner because this work takes practice. And most of our emotions have been trained to us through our environment from zero to seven years old. It continues, the training continues, but it really gets established deeply from zero to seven. So we can't speak enough on how important all five of these levels are. But yes, most people are relating mainly through the physical or the mental. And uh, I think now people are really starting to, of course, tap into the, the see the importance of the emotional but that spiritual and energetic uh, are so powerful as well. Yeah, that was a good metaphor. I think most people would understand that, uh, that that a dog biting would be a survival instinct. And the way many of us live our lives, we're so on the edge and full that we don't manage our our environments well and, and we don't manage our energetic wellness well. So, you know, if we're at that point, then we are going to snap on people. Yes, and a big part of that is being well-fed and well-rested, and most of our culture isn't. So in order to do you know, powerful, life-changing, uh, emotional management work, there are, there are some certain things that are needed, and part of that is uh, you're going to be more emotionally reactive when you're tired or when you're malnourished or hungry. And so those are, are two things right off the bat that if that's not important or you go, well, yeah, I can't do this work because I'm hungry all the time or I'm tired all the time. Well, let's make an adjustment. Whatever it is that that that's what this work is all about is finding the adjustment that can bring you back toward your authentic self. And it is doable in everyone's life, whether you are raising kids or, or working full time. Um, it, it is this is very realistic and it does give step-by-step ways of how to work through this, different situations. But the main thing is that you really have to be dedicated to it like anything else. Anybody that wants to change the way their body looks, they just have to be dedicated to the gym or to working out. And this work is very similar. It's gradual changes over long periods of time equal to lasting results that everyone in our culture is mainly looking for very quickly. And um, I think more and more people are seeing that that's just got to go to the wayside, that change, true change that lasts doesn't normally happen quickly. All right, let's let's uh, go back to the beginning and bring back in attraction and love because I do like what you started to bring in and I would like to expand upon that a little more. Uh, we, you talked about possibly attraction being that love at first sight uh, thing that people sometimes reference when reflecting upon the beginning of when they first met somebody. And I would also bring back in choice like we were talking about and like love is a choice and we can get more into that. Yeah, and, and there is a saying that some people use to say that we don't choose the people that we love. You know, that that topic is, I guess it could be controversial. You could see it on both sides. You know, I like to say that we don't have as much choice as we think that we do uh, unless you are working toward this emotional management and being able to step outside of reaction. That's when you truly have choice, when you're able to step into neutral and see it as it is rather than how you prefer it to be. That is, you know, I think going to be growing more and more, especially with the younger people, um, that it seems like the minimalism views are coming back and quality over quantity. And it's a welcome change from my perspective. Is love a choice? 
you know, I think it's a great question. I do feel that love can be a choice. You can decide to stay in a vibration of love. When you go to individuals, you know, uh, in that attraction happening, like I said earlier, that can be misunderstood as love. And I think rather than me defining this, I think it's just a good point for everyone to define what love means to them. You know, I get into that I feel that love is the only feeling and that everything else we experience is potentially an emotion or, or maya or the illusion. But we have this love vibration that we all come in with, uh, the ability to connect to that. And I think that as children, that's why we're able to let go of the so-called bad so quickly because we do want to get back to that that vibration. And our environments you know, start to train us uh, in how not to be able to connect to that. So love being a choice, just everyone get clear, as clear as you can on what love is to you and see if like attraction isn't mixed up in there because, you know, that true unconditional love means that you don't carry preference. And I don't think many people are in intimate relationships that can truly say that, but there is a universal love that um, a lot of spiritual people and religious people have been able to tap into. And I would like for there to be, you know, just another word that separates that so-called emotional love and feeling love. But in our language, it's all mixed up. So I think how one, you know, perceives love as a choice, whether love is a true choice or not, I think there are situations, especially with kids, that type of love. But see, that's not romantic. And this is why I think it's useful to separate different meanings of love Uh, So we'll just leave that out there for everyone to have their own opinion of whether love is a choice or not. But in my view, it is something that certainly has to be developed over time. And I would call that a choice to develop that. Yeah, that's I maybe should have uh, posed it as a question rather than making a statement on my behalf, which is just my opinion. Uh, but it but it actually is something that I didn't realize until maybe three or four years ago that my perspective changed, whereas it was like I was mixing up love and attraction. And now I, I can see that love is a choice that you make. You choose to put the effort in because maintaining a long term love, whether it's romantic or not, it, there, it takes energy. It takes adjusting. Effort. We can get into... Um, you know, applying this work to it from a conscious standpoint, whereas you learn about the other person and how they interpret and how they communicate. And so you could even say, I think you may have said in the past that love is making those adjustments for that person Mm -hmm. so that you are limiting the amount of miscommunications that could happen on their end, or maybe even understanding and learning where they have trauma I don't want to say avoiding that, but being conscious about it because you can put yourself in their situation, have compassion for them, and because avoiding it would keep it more in the dark, but mm-hmm. finesse around it. I don't know if you want to expand upon that. Yeah, there's a, you know, there's a fine line that when we are able to communicate our traumas from the past and both parties are wanting and willing to work on uh, healing those traumas, then yeah, you work as a team and one person attempts not to activate that and do their best that whatever activates that trauma. And then the person that has the traumatic experience, they do the best that when it does get activated, that they work on it every time to affect them less and less. And so, so it is a communication, uh, highway that you're developing. And yes, it's not, it shouldn't be walking on eggshells, but for some people it is. Their traumas are, are very quick to be activated, and that's why it can take someone to really love them on all of these levels to be willing to put in the time that it may take for this person to overcome that trauma or not. Uh, not everyone looks to overcome their traumas. Some people become so-called victims of their traumas, and then they do look at, that love is somebody so-called putting up with that. 
So this is the separation, and this is, you know, what I like to introduce as two different kinds of love. And one love is the I'm sorry love, and one love is the preventative love. So the I'm sorry love is you accept me however I am, and whatever I say or do to you, you love me through it because I've been through this, 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 this. And that person becomes a somewhat of a punching bag for however long. It, if that person isn't working to overcome their trauma, then the majority of the time, through my experience, has then been that people just carry these patterns throughout their life, throughout all their relationships. And that's why I resonate more with the, the work love to where it's basically when you come together with somebody, such as potential wedding vows for the future, is I choose you to show me my shit. And I promise not to dump my baggage out on you. Because we are pulling all of our relationships, the just philosophy, journeys unite seeking transformation. So we come together to help show each other things that we can need to heal from. And that's the role playing that I talk about over and over. And so that most loving gesture is to be willing to work on your own traumas from the past to release this person from playing the roles that they're going to have to play in order for you to have the opportunities to heal. But see, as one of the pillars is everyone and every situation has the opportunity to be your teacher, that doesn't mean that you have to learn something from it. So these are two different types of love that I've seen, and one is a, a nurturing so-called acceptance love of however you treat me or whatever you do, I'm going to attempt to give you this unconditional love. And I see that deteriorate a lot of people on the loving end. And then there's this other side that where both parties work to heal their traumas, they communicate about them, they work through the triggers, they realize each other's roles, they're able to discuss it and able to move through it when one or the other parties fail at this so-called agreement. Because, see, when you agree to do this kind of work, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. But when you do fail, it's important that both parties can see or agree at least where the failure happened. That's showing that you're advancing when you can see. And it's not important who failed because you're a team. On the team, it's not important who missed the last shot to win the game because everybody has missed shots through the game. It's not just the last shooter's responsibility. The game's not in their hands, but that's the way that it's viewed by many sports fans is it's that last second. And we need to stop looking at life in that way of such absolutes and you know, pay more attention to the variables. So I think it's important in your relating to get clear on what kind of especially intimate relationship that you're looking for. Are we looking to develop and grow and move past our traumas or are we just accepting those and whenever they come up, we will do our best to just manage them in that moment. But that normally doesn't mean that anything gets any better. I'm not saying that one way is better than the other. I just know what I really resonate with and look for in my relationships. Yeah, it. This is probably a good conversation to have with, you know, if it is a romantic relationship, or even a friendship. That just defining that type of relationship, having language to put to, uh, identifying what it is with the intention uh, on each side. So w one example of like being conscious about how to communicate with one another is like the the five love languages yeah. which is understanding how that person likes to be loved or shown love yes as we've mentioned love somebody the way they want to be loved rather than the way you want to love them and if you're looking for it to be long term then it really helps that that person receives love the way you just innately want to give it it doesn't mean that that relationship can't work out if they're different, but just understand you're going to have to put forth a lot more effort, and that does mean love, that effort. So if you're looking for the harmony or the harmonious relationship, then like I said, when you find that person that can receive the kind of love that you want to give just naturally, that is going to more than likely give you the most likelihood for a long-term 
especially if it's on both sides, if the way that they give love is the way you like to receive it. So, yes, whether it's through gifts or whether it's through time or whether it's through, you know, intimacy, touch, um, there's many different ways to show love. And I think it's a great conversation for for people to have and to to talk about uh, so that they're clear. And those of you that that like gifts or presents to show love, there's no judgment here from a spiritual standpoint, because in this work, you know, we see that diamond people many times material things are more important to them. That doesn't mean all diamond people are materialistic and materialistic does not mean non-spiritual. Because money is just energy like anything else. So we it will help us to continue to let go of these judgments and just look at, once again, who we resonate with, how much time we want to spend with them because of the harmony, and then paying attention to both how we like to receive love and how others like to receive love. But then on the other hand of that, showing the ultimate responsibility – is that when you understand how you like to receive love, then work to be more appreciative about how people, others just give you love. Because many times people deflect very loving gestures because they're not coming in the way that they prefer. And this is another way that you can just work to be a loving human being is by making sure that you are being receptive to the way the person shows love. Because they may be limited in that, but it if they're not received, then they don't get the incentive to do it more often as well. So just going back to attraction and love, they have, the saying is that um, opposites attract. And many times in that situation, the relationship is extreme or can be extreme because, like you said, each person is triggering the other person based on it could be their their past traumas or maybe is communicating the way they don't like to be communicated with. But it's it can trigger both sides. Maybe one person's trigger is also the other person's trigger. And it can seem like uh, a lose-lose in those intense situations. But oftentimes, it feels like there's a lot of love there. And that's where that attraction can be seen as love and it can be a very confusing situation because one person may be like, oh, I thought you loved me because of that initial attraction, what brings them together initially. But I guess in that situation, as an example, the love would be, I guess, working together to move through that. I, but I guess it would depend on what type of love they decide to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And what kind of love uh, both parties are looking to experience and where they rank you know, the love for the self, the love for the divine, if that's over the love for the relationship, uh, because you have to, you know, see the cost. And we talk about the cost of there's a cost to everything uh, on this plane. And sometimes we can be, yes, attracted to somebody so much and want to develop that love with them. But the cost that it will take to get there can be. Uh, more than a person can even consider. And, and at detriment for their priorities, like it's going it, to, it could be clear to them that it's going to take away from their relationship with themselves or from the relationship with the divine to put into that. And then it's a choice. Yes. Right? And you bring children into it. And now, you know, the mother of the children or father of the children, you know, trying so hard to be in this relationship can take energy and attention away from just other things that are important in our life. So that that opposite attraction is extremely strong. And this is why, once again, in the human design, you can see how we energetically fill each other up. And the more somebody fills us up, the more of that attraction at first sight, um, the more intense that is. Because when we are actually filled up energetically where we are vacant, that's what makes us feel more whole. So we actually feel like this person completes us. But guess what? They do, but they bring it in an opposite way. So, so see, in those situations, many times, what is a process that one person sees helpful for them will actually trigger 
something or trauma in the person that they're trying to get with. The more opposite that is, they kind of go hand in hand. Whatever one person needs, the other person in order to give that is going to work through a trauma situation. And I've been through many of these types of situations over my lifetime. And that's why what directed me to finally lean into this self-development work so much because you can gain so much by being around your opposite. But in that challenge, you have to know whether your partner is truly growing in that direction or not as well. Or they may just continue to play role after role after role for you. And there's nothing wrong with that if you can go on loving that person. But it's very challenging many times in the relationship for one person to be growing and changing and the other person not to be showing those signs. No two people grow and change at the same rate. So we need to give some leeway with that. But normally within a few months, you can know whether something is better than it was three months ago. And if it's not, then once again, you check in after six months. And normally if somebody hadn't started changing something once they've initiated an interest to within six months, there's not always a high likelihood that they will. So that's when you start looking at the roles that you're going to play in the relationship. So people that are looking to heal their traumas, many times they're not looking to play roles, set roles in the relationship. They're looking to play many roles and for them to interact. But many times for people that aren't looking to grow in the relationship, they choose roles early on. And that's even physical, like like uh, someone will wash the dishes and someone will cook or someone will do the yard work and someone will do the house cleaning, you know, and it just stays like that all the time. So there's no right or wrong here. It's just once again, whether you're looking to be in a situation where you know your role and you know your partner's role or you're looking to be in a situation where you're looking to break down those barriers and grow with one another and have a whole different experience, less somewhat limiting. Um, but there's safety in both. Can you go ahead and repeat the foundation principles of relating for us? Yes. Yeah, so attraction happens. Love is developed. Respect is given. And trust is earned. And I'd really like to suggest to choose one of these like a day and just kind of pay attention to contemplating. And contemplating is just putting something in your mind and then letting go of any pressures. And contemplating is a very useful tool that doesn't get talked about a lot. But just contemplate these. See, pay attention once again to if you resonate with one uh, or all of them, if you have any resistance to one or any of them. And then if in that resistance you have an emotional charge and two of those are useful. If you didn't resonate with it, but you didn't have an emotional charge, then you can let it go. It's not for you. But if you didn't resonate with it and you have an emotional charge, there's a beauty in that for you to dissect why. And that's the way that we learn to use life is to pay attention to why did this just uh, activate a so-called negative emotion in me, and I want to go internal and take that power away from whatever this external is, and that is emotional healing and processing. I want to give a little love to respect since we haven't really gone in depth with that, and how uh, it in it is given from love from the second to third step. Uh, let's get into that because I'm a little curious. Yeah, so respect is given. I want to be clear on this. This does not mean that you have a right to demand respect. It doesn't say respect is expected. So respect should be given to any human being, to any animal, to any plant, to any relating that we have to respect that person, plant, animal, or whatever you come in contact with is, from my perspective, a given. That the more respect that is shown through example, the more respect will grow in our culture. But just because you give respect does not mean that you're going to get respect. So once again, standing your power by not letting somebody that's disrespectful to you turn you into a disrespectful person. This invitation is all around always. But this is what I talked about earlier in my retail venture is that I felt disrespected 
I felt taken advantage of. But see, I accepted that. Like we talk about, acceptance doesn't equal agreeing with or condoning. But I accepted it as my life lesson. I didn't judge the person. And then life brought some chain of events over three weeks to where it balanced out. And there may even be way more of a gain than a balance, but I'm not going to go into that. So, so seeing how this is all you know, connected is very important, that respect can go so far. And if you have children around you, when you're able to show respect when somebody is being disrespectful to you, that is teaching by example. And the children, we all want them to have respect. And many, many older people will say that, that that's been lost in our culture, that our young people don't respect our elderly. And that is probably true. But the question to the person that is saying that is, have you always exemplified respect even when you're being disrespected? So there is a deep lesson in that to to give respect, and you will be very surprised at how things work out in a much different way uh, than the need of aggression or to bring in so-called negative emotions. Could you give an example of what respect and not respect would be? I, and it might be subjective, so... But but for me, like the optimal way I would want somebody to show me respect would be by not taking their emotions out on me. Okay. I'm going to just give the first one that come to my mind. I happen to hear where our studio is in my home. I live beside a Southern Baptist church. I am very respectful to their ways, such as if I need to mow my lawn, my mom and dad taught me not to mow on Sundays. That, to them, was the most respectful thing to do. Well, I don't necessarily take it to that extreme. I may mow on a Sunday, but I will do my best to not mow during a service or while people are loading in. I also have this uh, this woo that I do that most people are familiar with as a spontaneous expression. And if I happen to walk outside to do that, and it's on a Sunday, once again, I'll be considerate of if people are loading in, then I don't need to do that in that moment. See, this isn't me bowing down to their ways. It's just that I'm respectful of them because I appreciate people being respectful of me and my tribe when I come around. So respect is just, from my view, something that you're willing to do or to say to not create negative ripples. Once again, that me managing when I do those things does not take my freedom away because I'm making the conscious choice to not do that. Just because if I was having an event, I would appreciate it if people wasn't making noise. And I've held events here, and we have had to deal with lawnmowers and um, other uh, sounds in the distance. And so I know what that feels like. So to me, it's just respectful to out of the whole week to see small windows of time to where I can regulate what I do outside so it doesn't offend. And this was even after when the pandemic came into play, they mounted external speakers so that the preacher could be heard and the music could be heard. So see, I continue that level of respect even after they blasted their service and their music to where I can hear it inside my house, even if I have a stereo or a TV on. So see, that was to me being disrespectful, but I'm not going to act in the same way and just go, okay, if they're going to do that, then I'm going to do this when they're in service. I'm going to choose to go a different way. I'm going to choose to exemplify respect, whether I'm receiving that or not. And that is, you know, uh, a challenging practice for many, but it can help you on all five of those levels that we discuss. So in closing, Alexander, I really liked your idea of uh, taking one or two of these and contemplating them each day. I do like the idea of just sitting with whether it's attraction happens and looking at that throughout your life and how you can pinpoint when that actually is true to you and and how then, you know, go next to love and, and how that has resonated with you. Or is there any other ways that people can utilize uh, the foundation principles of relating in their everyday lives? Yeah, I think that one final thing that I'll say about attraction is 
to be just be an appreciation of it. Realize that everything you're attracted to, you don't have to follow. You don't have to make this deep connection. And I've heard a lot of so-called spiritual people that, you know, feel these connections and then they they can change their whole lives. And sometimes that's not for the betterment. And then that that union doesn't always last long because as the attraction burns off, they're not willing to put forth the effort for the love. So so when I say that attraction happens, when it does happen, you know, appreciate it, enjoy it, recognize it. But that doesn't mean that you always have to act on it because you may be breaking someone's trust if you're acting on that attraction. And that may be keeping you from the love, which can put you into judgment and you can lose respect. So so these these four simple words, whether it be attraction, love, respect, and trust, are really the deep foundations of any relating with someone or anything on this planet. And I think just having a little bit of a different view and choosing to be a little bit more open-minded about how we approach these terms uh, can go a long way. So again, I will list them as attraction happens, love is developed, respect is given, and trust is earned. Well said. I'm glad you added that in at the end. I think that's very important for people to also contemplate and uh, try out whenever they feel attracted to something to know that it's not something they have to act on just to recognize it, smile at it, appreciate it, understand that that they do have abundance out there, whether it's, if it's not happening right now in their lives, there still are these elements that we are attracted to that come in and out of our lives, but we don't always need to act on it. I do wish I knew that early on in my life. It would have helped me out a lot, but now you guys have that wisdom. So take it and run with it. Um, I guess now we have our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy. Thank you, everyone.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.